The Sorrow of Search from Time and the Gods by Lord and Senny. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lescal. It is told also of King Kanazar how he bowed very low unto the gods of old. None bowed so low unto the gods of old as did King Kanazar. One day the king, returning from the worship of the gods of old, and from bowing before them in the temple of the gods, commanded their prophets to appear before him, saying, I would know somewhat concerning the gods. Then came the prophets before King Kanazar, burdened with many books, to whom the king said, It is not in books. Thereat the prophets departed, bearing away with them a thousand methods well devised in books whereby men may gain wisdom of the gods. One alone remained, a master prophet, who had forgotten books, to whom the king said, The gods of old are mighty, and answered the master prophet, Very mighty are the gods of old. Then said the king, There are no gods but the gods of old, and answered the prophet, There are none other. And the two being alone within the palace, the king said, Tell me aught concerning gods or men, if aught of the truth be known. Then said the master prophet, Far and wide and straight lies the road to knowing, and down it, in the hidden dust, go all wise people of the earth, but in the fields before they come to it, the very wise lie down or pluck the flowers. By the side of the road to knowing, O king, it is hard and hot, stand many temples, and in the doorway of every temple stand many priests, and they cry to the travellers that weary of the road, crying to them, This is the end! And in the temples are the sound of music, and from each roof arises the savour of pleasant burning. And all that look at the cool temple, whichever temple they look at, or hear the hidden music, turn in to see whether it be indeed the end. And such as find that their temple is not indeed the end, set forth again upon the dusty road, stopping at each temple as they pass, for fear they miss the end, or striving onwards on the road, and see nothing in the dust, till they can walk no longer, and are taken worn and weary of their journey into some other temple by a kindly priest, who shall tell them that this also is the end. Neither on that road may a man gain any guiding from his fellows, for only one thing that they say is surely true, when they say, Friend, we can see nothing for the dust. And of the dust that hides the way, much has been there since ever that road began, and some is stirred up by the feet of all that travel upon it, and more arises from the temple doors. And, O king, it were better for thee, travelling upon that road, to rest when thou hearest one calling, This is the end, with the sounds of music behind him. And if in the dust and darkness thou pass by Lo and Mush and the pleasant temple of Kenash, or Shinath with his opale smile, or Sho with his eyes of a gate, yet Shiloh and Minothetep, Gezo and Amirund, and Slig are still before thee, and the priests of their temples will no forget to call thee. And, O King, it is told that only one discerned the end and passed by three thousand temples, and the priests of the last were like the priests of the first, and all said that their temple was at the end of the road, and the dark of the dust lay over them all, and all were very pleasant, and only the road was weary. 
and in some were many gods, and in a few only one, and in some the shrine was empty, and all had many priests, and in all the travelers were happy as they rested. And into some his fellow travelers tried to force him, and when he said, I will travel further, many said, This man lies, for the road ends here. And he that traveled to the end hath told that when the thunder was heard upon the road, there arose the sound of the voices of all the priests as far as he could hear, crying, Hearken to Shiloh, hear Mush, lo, Gnash, the voice of Shaw. Menathotep is angry, hear the word of Slig. And far away along the road, one cried to the traveller that Shinath steered in his sleep. O king, this is very doleful. It is told that the traveller came at last to the utter end, and there was a mighty gulf, and in the darkness at the bottom of the gulf, one small god crept, no bigger than a hare, whose voice came crying in the cold, I know not. And beyond the gulf was not, only the small god cried. And he that travelled to the end fled backwards for a great distance till he came to temples again, and entering one where a priest cried, This is the end, lay down and rested on the couch. There Yush sat silent, carved with an emerald tongue and two great eyes of sapphire, and there many rested and were happy. And an old priest, coming from comforting a child, came over to that traveller who had seen the end and said to him, This is Yush, and this is the end of wisdom. And the traveller answered, Yush is very peaceful, and this indeed the end. O king, wouldst thou hear more? And the king said, I would hear all. And the master prophet answered, there was also another prophet, and his name was Shan, who had such reverence for the gods of old that he became able to discern their forms by starlight as they strode, and seen by others among men. Each night did Shan discern the forms of the gods, and every day he taught concerning them, till men in Avalon knew how the gods appeared all grey against the mountains, and how Rug was higher than Mount Skagadon, and how Skun was smaller, and how Zgul leaned forward as he strode, and how Trodath peered about him with small eyes. But one night, as Sean watched the gods of old by starlight, he faintly discerned some of the gods that sat far up the slopes of the mountains in the stillness behind the gods of old. And the next day he hurled his robe away that he wore as everyone's prophet and said to his people, There be gods greater than the gods of old, three gods seen faintly on the hills by starlight looking on Averon. And Sean set out and travelled many days, and many people followed him. And every night he saw more clearly the shapes of the three new gods who sat silent when the gods of old were striding among men. On the higher slopes of the mountain, Sean stopped with all his people, and there they built a city and worshipped the gods, whom only Sean could see, seated above them on the mountain. And Sean taught how the gods were like grey streaks of light seen before dawn, and how the god on the right pointed upward toward the sky, and how the god on the left pointed downward toward the ground, but the god in the middle slept. 
and in the city, Shang's followers built three temples. The one on the right was a temple for the young, and the one on the left a temple for the old, and the third was a temple with doors closed and barred, therein none ever entered. One night, as Sean watched before the three gods, sitting like pale light against the mountain, he saw on the mountain's summit two gods that spake together and pointed, mocking the gods of the hill, only he heard no sound. The next day Sean set out and a few followed him to climb to the mountain's summit in the cold to find the gods who were so great that they mocked at the silent three. And near the two gods they halted and built for themselves huts. Also they built temple, wherein the two were carved by the hand of Sean, with their heads turned towards each other, with mockery on their face and their fingers pointing, and beneath them were carved the three gods of the hill as actors making sport. None remembered now as Ghoul, Trodath, Skun, and Rug, the gods of old. For many years Sean and his few followers lived in their huts upon the mountain summit, worshipping gods that mocked, and every night Sean saw the two gods by starlight as they laughed to one another in the silence, and Sean grew old. One night, as his eyes were turned towards the two, he saw across the mountains in the distance a great god sitting in the plain and looming enormous to the sky, who looked with angry eyes towards the two as they sat and mocked. Then said Sean to his people, the few that had followed him thither, Alas, that we may not rest, but beyond us in the plain sitteth the one true god, and is wroth with mocking. Let us therefore leave these two that sit and mock, and let us find the truth in the worship of that greater God, who even though he kill, shall yet not mock us. But the people answered, Thou hast taken from us many gods and taught us now to worship gods that mock, and if there is laughter on their faces as we die, lo, thou alone canst see it, and we would rest. But three men, who had grown old with following, followed still. And down the steep mountain on the further side, Sean led them, saying, Now we shall surely know. And the three old men answered, We shall know indeed, O last of all the prophets. That night the two gods mocking at their worshippers mocked not at Sean nor his three followers, who coming to the plain still travelled on till they came at last to a place where the eyes of Sean at night could closely see the vast form of their god, and beyond them, as far as the sky, there lay a marsh. There they rested, building such shelters as they could, and said to one another, This is the end. For Sean discerned that there are no more gods, and before us lieth the marsh, and old age hath come upon us. And since they could not labor to build a temple, Sean carved upon a rock all that he saw by starlight of the great god of the plain, so that if ever others forsook the gods of old, because they saw beyond them the greater three, and should thence come to knowledge of the twain that mocked, and should yet persevere in wisdom till they saw by starlight him whom Sean named the ultimate god, they should still find there upon the rock what one had written concerning the ends of search. For three years Sean carved upon the rock, and rising one night from carving, saying, Now is my labor done. So in the distance four greater gods beyond the ultimate god. 
Proudly in the distance, beyond the marsh, these gods were tramping together, taking no heed of the god upon the plain. Then said Sean to his three followers, Alas, that we know not yet, for there be gods beyond the marsh. None would follow Sean, for they said that old age must end all quests, and that they would rather wait there in the plain for death than that he should pursue them across the marsh. Then Shaun said farewell to his followers, saying, You have followed me well since ever we forsook the gods of old to worship greater gods. Farewell. It may be that your prayers at evening shall avail when you pray the god of the plain, but I must go onward, for there be gods beyond. So Shaun went down into the marsh, and for three days struggled through it, and on the third night saw the four gods not very far away, yet could not discern their faces. All the next day Sean toiled on to see their faces by starlight, but ere the night came up, or one star shone, a set of sun, Sean fell down before the feet of his four gods. The stars came out, and the faces of the four shone right and clear, but Sean saw them not, for the labor of toiling and seeing was over for Sean. And lo, they were as goo, Chodoth, Skun, and Rug, the gods of old. Then said the king, It is well that the sorrow of search cometh only to the wise, for the wise are very few. Also the king said, Tell me this thing, O prophet, who are the true gods? The master prophet answered, Let the king command. End of the Sorrow of Search